0: Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Court, and I'm delighted to be joined this week by Record Sports' Matthew Fulton. How are you, Matthew? I'm great, Dan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. It's just the two of us this week, but between us, we are the best two anyway, so don't aye. worry about
1: it. Of course.
0: Um, Michael Gannon, when he hears that, probably won't be best pleased. But look, it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. That's all I can say. Um, aye, I think the best place for us to start, since we last did a Celtic Podcast... Um, premiership campaign is up and running, 4 uh, 42 win over Ross County, and David Turnbull was the star of the show. But were you, were you a little bit surprised to see him
1: start in the first place? Sure was. Um, you know, I think Turnbull has shown since he signed for Celtic that he can certainly contribute, but, uh, you know, as was pretty much indicated by himself and Matt O'Reilly post-match, he hasn't actually had many opportunities um, in recent years, and um, you know, there's a wealth of competition in the Celtic midfield. I think that much is is clear. But I think with some of the new boys coming in and, and Aaron Moy leaving and stuff like that, there is an opportunity I think for Tumble to break into that side. But it sure was a surprise. But Brendan Rodgers has spoken about it already. That's what pre-seasons about. It's about him getting introduced to new players, old players that he may have known about before, and it's about guys trying to break in and get opportunities. And he was. He was superb off the mark, David Tumble. It mm-hmm. really was. Um he, he looked comfortable within the starting eleven. I think that's maybe something that couldn't have been said about him last season, perhaps. You know, when he would come on to replace the likes of Rio Hitati or, or Matt O'Reilly, he, he, he maybe looked very much like a squad player. He didn't look like that at all at the weekend. So very interesting to see if Rogers is going to continue on with that.
0: I uh I love Hitati. Like for me, when he's at his best, he's the best player in the country. Um well you know, Kaio goes up there and there's a couple of others, but for me, it's a um, But having watched a few of the Celtic friendlies, um, I do think he was a bit he was a bit kind of sloppy and a bit kind of off his game. I know he played with Japan through the summer and he's not had a long break. Maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. But I think it was quite refreshing to see Turnbull get a start um, and obviously scored twice, once from the penalty spot. The, the thing about Turnbull, though, is he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, and I've not... I mean... We've not, re- we've not really heard any murm- oh geez easy for me to say, murmurings about a, a new deal. I just wonder if maybe he's maybe thinking, look, maybe it's time for something else. I don't, I don't know, I'm purely speculating.
1: No, it's it's, a, it's an interesting point to raise, and I think David Turnbull would be a top player for almost all of the other Premiership teams if he was to stay in Scotland. You know, you could see him really flourishing at a, a Hibs or a Hearts, or or even if he was to return to to Motherwell in some capacity, I think he would he would be a top player there again as well. So it, it's it's interesting, and I think con- contractually wise, you know, Celtic have been firing out five year deals for new signings recently. They've you know they seem to want to commit players long term. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that you know the chances of a contract for him are, are dwindling. It's just mm. a case of can he prove himself you know, in the next few months to Brendan Rodgers, but he's, he's already on his way to doing that after the weekend.
0: Because, I mean, I, he was quite a big outlay, wasn't he? Was it three million quid to Motherwell. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think Celtic would want to protect that, if for nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'd imagine Celtic want to get a new deal, but I think if you're him, he spent the majority of the last three or four years on the bench. Yeah. I don't know, I just wonder if he's maybe looking at it thinking maybe a club down south, I don't know. But um, I do think definitely you mentioned there Adam Moy, department. I think that's went under the radar a wee bit in the sense that he was quite a big player for Celtic last season. There was a period where he was the catalyst for a lot of wins. And if Turnbull... Well, do you think Turnbull can be the man that sort of fills in for him?
1: I think so, yeah, because Adam Moy was was very, very effective, as you say, in, in certain moments last season. But I think there were also times... He's he's kind of game management maybe came into a bit a question I think in the, in the sort of latter stages of some of the, the 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 kind of more lengthy and more arduous games there was maybe questions over Aaron Moy and look you know Aaron Moy's retired with an incredible pedigree you know and he's he's starred at World Cups he's he's been in the Premier League he's you know he, he retires he retires on a high for sure um, mm-hmm. I, I think David Tumble can play a similar style role in terms of filling in when required. Um, but Aaron Moy's a loss. There's no no doubt about it. And I right. think I think most Celtic fans would have hoped maybe for another season, maybe even another two seasons out of him. Um, but it's one of those ones, I think you're always going to, you know, Celtic in recent years have always looked to bolster the areas that they're already covered in. Um, you have know, seen that with the likes of Quan arriving in the midfield as well. So I think, you know, Brendan Rodgers has got He's got the tools there to, to kind of fill the void of Aaron Moy, but he can do that in a number of different ways. Yeah. I definitely
0: think that Turnbull has the talent to be a player that contributes, you know, between 15, maybe even 20 goals this season if he, if he gets enough starts. Um, and I just hope he does. You know, I really hope he fulfills the potential he's got. Um, Elsewhere in the game, uh, obviously Celtic won, but it wasn't, they weren't at their best. And the big talking point when it was at 0-0, was Joe Hart on uh, on Simon Murray. First of all, did you think it was a penalty? And would you stand on, on Joe Hart at the minute?
1: Well, I wasn't in position at Celtic Park at the weekend, but I imagine there would have been an audible groan um, when Joe Hart chested the ball down only for Simon Murray to essentially latch onto it. I think it's one of those ones, in, in fairness to the county striker, he's, he's looking to go through. I think he's looking to put the ball in the net. And, you know, with VAR and, and, and all the different rule changes and stuff we're expecting this year, had he gone down, or had he gone down perhaps more definitively, mm-hmm. I think the referee would have had a further decision to make. Yeah, it was it was one of those uh-oh moments where Celtic would probably feel they maybe got away with one, certainly, you know, not for definite, a penalty, but away from a, a, a more vigorous review, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there actually was a VAR review at the, at the time. No, there uh, wasn't, no well, that's one of those ones that's potentially going to get looked at at some point um, in the future. And, and in terms of Joe Hart, you know, Brendan Rogers spoke a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how, you know, it's not in Celtic's model to make marquee 15 to 20 million pound signings. And in a way, he's right about that. You know, Celtic recruited Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota for less than 15 million combined. So he's, he's absolutely right about that. But if there was one area of the pitch, one area of the Celtic squad that would perhaps... Require that kind of sign, and probably would be the goalkeeping department. I think, you know, Celtic have sort of in recent years they've had very good goalkeepers, but there's there's for me personally, I don't feel as if there's ever been that consistent number one mm-hmm. for years and years and years to you know to drag you through the, the, the good times and the bad times. Um, and Joe Hart can still produce the goods for Celtic. There's no question about it. But um, perhaps that could be an area to look to to bolster. I would have thought. I feel a little
0: bit—I don't know if the right term is, I don't. I feel a little bit sorry for Joe Hart, um, just because the stick he's getting, and because he's been—what's uh, the word I'm looking for? He's been—he's so been a good, really good signing for Celtic, but he almost rescued Celtic from the the kind of Barca's debacle. You know, he'd spent five million in Barca's, uh, and he, he looked like he'd on for wrists. He looked like he couldn't make a save. No no harm to the guy, but it was it was really bad. And Hart, a player of his quality, coming in for free, he yeah. went on record as saying that Celtic said, look, it's 15 grand a week, take it or leave it. And for him to come in, he probably could have got more money elsewhere.
1: Definitely.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm just, I think a lot
1: of Celtic fans should be a bit more grateful to Joe Hart. I feel like I'm going to get stuck for that, but... certainly I think as well, like, he, he had, I think he felt he had a fair point to prove, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo told him at Spurs, Aye. you know. You don't have a future here, Um, and I think for him, you know, his his career speaks for itself. But certainly in the last couple of years, he's he's really not hit the heights. You know, he had a a bad spell at Torino, didn't he? I think that was hampered with injuries. I think he was on West Ham's books as well. West West
0: Ham Burnley.
1: Yeah, Mm, so he'd had a couple of really rocky spells before he arrived at Celtic, and I think last season he was he, he was by and large, you know, far away you know, a, a really top, top goalie. I think it's just that this season it's going to be a slightly different style of play to what we'd expected under Ange last season. So could that mean that Hearts under more pressure perhaps this, this season? I'm not sure because obviously Ange wanted to play with his feet a lot. Brendan seems to so far be asking the same thing. So it'll be it'll be very, very interesting. But I think, you know, I don't think Celtic fans would be too displeased if um, a, a goalkeeper came in.
0: I think... Um... I think if you remember back to Rodgers' first spell in charge, one of his first signings was um Doris DeVries. Yeah. And it was there was a lot was talked about at the time that um it was because De Vries was was so much more or better at, with the ball at his feet than Craig Gordon at the time. And if you actually look back, De Vries started the, the, the six uh, the six the five one game against uh, Rangers. He started yeah. a couple of big games before yeah. Gordon get back in. So I definitely think this will be on uh, Rogers' agenda, but I, I would—I mean, I would look at it and say, look, Hart's 36, not all for a goalie. He's been outstanding the last couple of seasons. He's not—we all know—he's not great with his feet. Mm. I think the budget could be better spent elsewhere rather than going out now and, and getting a goalkeeper. I'd maybe use this season to look at your options and maybe look at next season for a goalkeeper or a young goalkeeper to maybe come in and work under Hart, I don't know. Um, yeah. I just—I just think there's there's other. Um, priorities um, and just come back to Simon Murray for a moment. I'm sure he won't mind me saying I know Simon Murray a little bit and I text him after the game and I said, just you know, winding him up saying that was a nice dive and whatever. And he said, mate, why would I why would I do that? He knocked me off my balance. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to dive? And yeah. I kind of got his point, but I don't think it was enough to actually give a penalty. If that makes sense, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um
0: I so the game itself, just to finish up on it, I thought the, the two boys, Yang, come on for a, a little, um, I think he was only on for 11 minutes, but I thought he looked really good. Um, and uh, Odin Tiago home as well. I thought he was, he was. Um, I wouldn't say standout, but they both look like they're, they're going to be really good signers for Celtic.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they both seem to be in the model of, of how Celtic have operated in the, in the last few years. I think Odin Tiago Holm is a particularly interesting talent. You know, he, he was named on the golden boy list, um, for this year now, that might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but you know that's the same list that has the likes of Jamal Musiala and Jude mm-hmm. Bellingham on it. So it's not um, it's a very exclusive list of young European players. He, he, he was certainly he certainly had a pedigree in Norway in terms of of, of how you know these coaches and his former coaches looked at him. So I think he'll be a, he'll be a very very interesting figure to bring along. And you know he was the first signing of, of Brendan Rodgers' second era. So Rodgers is going to want to to put him into place. He's a young boy. How that means he might cope in the Champions League and various other things, not so sure. Um as I said, the Celtic midfield's in- incredibly competitive at the moment. Um and again, um not seeing too much a young Yang, but it's it's a it's a good move for Celtic to to continue on. I know Brendan just quit the last time he was in Glasgow, that he doesn't need any more wingers. Um, but Celtic <laughs> have already got a few on their books at the moment. Um, but that that's, with the style of play that that, that they're looking to adopt, you, you need wing options and you need classic left footers and classic right footers. So um, I think Yang will settle in well. That, you know, the fact that the boy was so keen to push through this move kind of shows that hes you would think he's going to give it 100% when he gets his chance.
0: Yeah. Another player that come off the bench on Saturday, and it looks like it's for his swan song, was Carol Starfelt. Um yep. now it looks like as we sit here it's not been announced, but it looks very much like um he's going to sign for Celtivigo under Rafa Benitez. Um I'm I'm actually a lot more sad than I thought I'd be to see Starfelt go. I know Carter Vickers has claimed a lot of the headlines the last couple of seasons and maybe rightly so. But I, I after a Rocky start, I really think Starfelt has been brilliant for Celtic. Like the two games against Rangers at Hamden Last season, the semi final and the final, I thought he was outstanding. He never put a foot wrong. He reads the game so well. I think if you watched him closely, any ball that comes into the box, he was often the first one there to meet it. I know he would try and play football like he was Franz Beckenbauer at times, and that, you know that would sometimes backfire. But I don't know. I just think I am. I'm sad to see him go. I suppose and see. To be honest. Two years left in his deal, €4
1: million? Euros? No, this is this is the thing that I, that I agree. I can't agree with you more on that, Dan. I think in terms of Staffel's rocky start at Celtic, it certainly was a rocky start. But I think any major criticism levied at him afterwards was almost a bit of a myth because yeah. he'd done he really, really well. And yes, he was prone to the odd loose ball, bad touch. And you know sometimes when, when you watch him play, you think, oh, this is a bomb scare waiting to happen. But I agree with you entirely on the, on the transfer side of things, I think. I think Celtic have missed a trick here because they signed them for £4 million in 2021. Looks like to reports in Spain, we be a little bit over that in terms of what Celtic are going to receive. Looks like some reports saying £4.3 £4.2 mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty poor return. I agree with you. For a, mm-hmm. for a player who was linked with Spartak Moscow earlier on in the window, now, I would have imagined, again, not coming from any knowledge on it, but I would imagine that have been a higher transfer fee. I think mm-hmm. that would potentially been up towards maybe seven, eight, nine million. So I, I think Celtic have missed a, a slight trick. But listen, Brendan Rodgers was keen to sort of stress that there's, there seems to be sort of personal concerns involved with the deal. Um, you know, Starfelt's had a very successful spell at Celtic. But La Liga's a fantastic league. Um, I think he'll do well over there. Seems to be, according to reports in Spain, that Rafa Benitez is looking to use him sort of sporadically um, in terms of his, his back four or back five. Um, it's a good move for him. Certainly, it's a good move for him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say otherwise. But yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. There's a, there's a lingering feeling that a wee bit more cash could have been banked here. Aye,
0: no, I, I know. I definitely think. Um, well, I mean, Roger said that you know he wants to go, and they're kind of helping to try and fa- facilitate that. But even so, I, I think he's definitely worth more than that in, in the current market. It's not very much more than Celtic paid for him. I don't yeah. know. I, I just, I just feel that Celtic should maybe be. Pushing the envelope a wee bit more when it comes to when it comes to that fee, um, but obviously yeah. it opens up a spot in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Navroki came in at the weekend. I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked really um, solid, and I think he'll he'll be the starter next to Carter Vickers. But as we've reported on Record Sport, Celtic seem to be in the market for another centre half. Um, before we come on to them, do you think this kind of spells the end for players like Stephen Welsh? Kobayashi. I mean, I, if the if, if Rogers really fancied them, really thought that they were, um, you know, first team regular material, surely Celtic wouldn't be in the market for another centre half.
1: No, it's it's a it's a fair point, and I, I think you know Rockies come in and, and yeah, he had a very very good performance at the weekend looked very steady, um, very much in the sort of modeler star felt as well in terms of the partner that. Rodgers would want him to be to Carter Bickers. So it seems almost like a bit of a straight swap at this point. Obviously, staff felt a bit more experienced, clearly. But no, no, Rocky, if he, if he keeps the performances up as he did at the weekend, he'll be fine. In terms of, you know, the likes of Stephen Welsh and, and Yuki Kobayashi, I, I, I tend to feel a bit sorry for, for you know, the latter particularly. He's still a very, very young player, Kobayashi. Um, you know, he's come over as part of this this cohort of players, you know, arriving from the Far East. Had a really poor performance against Rangers at Ibrox in May um, when the league was done, but I, I still think there's way more to come from him. Stephen Welsh, a very willing deputy, and I think that the, the if you know if I was Rodgers, I'd be I'd be treading carefully because Celtic last season in the Champions League had to do with Jens and Welsh for two group games because yeah. it used to Carter Vickers and Staffel. So I, I would urge on the side of caution for for selling anybody on or loaning anybody away. I, th- I think that would be somewhat of a mistake. You can never have too many centre-halves. Never. Especially with the way injuries can come round. But I guess for a guy like like Stephen Welsh, I mean, there's there's reported interest in him from Italy. We've seen how incredibly well Scottish players have done in Italy in the last few years. Absolutely brilliant. Like, yep. say, so Ferguson, Josh Doys. Their careers have absolutely exponentially skyrocketed. So... Stephen Welsh is still young enough to go over there and make a real impact. Um, so I, I think he would. I think it would maybe be in his best interest to pursue potential interested clubs. But in terms of, of Kobayashi, I would certainly say Jury's out so far. Mm. He's, he's got a long, long way to go. You know, he's. I think he signed on a five-year deal as well. So long, long way to go for him. And I think he will get integrated eventually. Uh, just going back to Welsh for a moment. Uh, uh, he's obviously
0: still a young player, but he's 23 now. You know, he's not. He's not a kid anymore. No. And as you say, I think it was Udinese he was linked with. If I was him, I would jump at the chance yeah. of a move like that. No, I mean, obviously, Celtic's are a much bigger club. You want to be Celtic's, you know, first-choice centre-half. But I just don't think he's going to be. I yeah. just don't think... He obviously wasn't under Ange, although Ange you know, said he rated him. I'm sure Rodgers rates him as well. But, you know, you only get one career. Yeah. And if Celtic go out and sign another centre-back, that's another one that will just jump in front of him, jump the queue. Yeah. I don't know, I'd be looking at it and as you say, you know, an opportunity like going to play in Serie A uh, or, or another country. Yeah, it's huge. If I was Welsh, I'd definitely, definitely look at that. Yeah, 100%. It's worth saying as well that uh, we're reporting in record sport today that UK Kobayashi has swapped um, agents. Mm-hmm. Apparently yeah. with, uh, you know, looking to get a loan move somewhere, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. that I'm sure there'll be plenty of twists and turns for a lot of people in the, the rest of the transfer window. Um but as we say, some of the players Celtic have been linked with. The big one that we talked about in record sport is Gustav Lagerbjelk. I have yep. no idea if I'm saying that correctly. Um, but uh, in today's record, uh, our esteemed colleague Keith Jackson has written yes. a very good piece. It's definitely uh, worth reading on, on Um He's apparently in line to the Swedish throne. <laughs> <laughs> he's studying economics uh, and he has these... Uh, very disciplined sleep patterns. He certainly sounds like um, more than your kind of ordinary, ordinary player. Sure,
1: sure does, It sure does. And uh, I think with, with with that name, he'll be a he'll be a popular one one among Celtic dads. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean that this player again very much in the mould of what Celtic have been doing in the last few years with transfers. It kind of just off the. Off the back of his kind of stature and his physique, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of a sort of younger Chris Ayer. Seems to be very much in in the idea of that as a centre half. And yeah, um, you know Keith's report this morning on him was was wild. <laughs> Some <laughs> of the, the fact that he wears his the, the, the family crest on his shin pads, and he, he's a he's officially a Baron in Sweden, and all all these very strange, <laughs> very strange um, facts about him, but. At the end of the day, once again, it seems to be pretty much cut and paste, but in a good way for Celtic. £3 million mm. seems to be the reported fees. A young player, again, in in a similar vein to as we were saying on Ode Tiago, Thiago Holm, very, very well liked in Sweden. Very well considered by his coaches and his former coaches. So, again, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer, you know, bringing a young boy and, and kind of nurture him through. And, <laughs> yeah, if he's a bit of a wacky character, then why not? Scottish football's got plenty of them, so...
0: <laughs> he'll fit right in. Um, I, as you say, he's, um, he plays for Elfsborg at the minute. Uh, I think it's been mentioned around three £3 million. He's already got a cap for Sweden, which is no mean feat. Uh, you know, he's 23. Um, so I, he definitely looks like the guy that Celtic are looking at to replace Starfield. But the other players have been mentioned. I mean, we've reported on Record Sport um, players like Xavier Mbayamba, Who's a Dutch centre back that um, Celtic have a, a reportedly inquired about. He's playing in Nere Um But the one's a bit more closer to home Scott McKenna, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Sutter. Yeah. Just, I mean, social media was awash with Harry Suter and his Rangers kit when that yeah. came out. So I'm not sure that one's got legs in it. But could you see any of them, maybe? Roger's it's- been
1: interested. It's it's the one thing Dan that I think's been missing so far from from Rogers' um, second spell in charge. I, I, I was expecting so far for there to be an a, an English Championship style signing. Um, you know, Rogers has got a, a a wealth of experience in the English market. Um, he used that during his time at Leicester City. Had some cracking players in that Leicester City team. You know, on the periphery of the team. Um, Not to say that Celtic would be interested in them now, for example, Mm -hmm. because I know know a lot of their players are are moving on to bigger things. But that's the one element of it that um, I have been surprised about so far, that there hasn't been this big charge for a player in the model of Harry Suter or or in the model of Scott McKenna, you know, very much English Premier League, English Championship, um, you know, big, strong, well-known defenders in terms of the UK market. So on, on those ones that we mentioned, I'm not sure either any of them will, will come to fruition, but certainly that will be this, uh, what I would have expected to be the style that Rodgers might look for. Um, someone like Harry has is a very strong player. He's he's come on leaps and bounds in, in the last few years. Him and a Rangers kit, well, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that would certainly be a point of contention. He wouldn't, wouldn't be the
0: first Celtic player to vote a no. Rangers kit. But to be fair, I, I saw a lot of Celtic fans Questioning his quality, and you know, I haven't watched him too closely, but I remember in the World Cup for Australia, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the money down south is mental, but you yeah. know, still got a 15 million pound fee that he commanded. We know Rogers obviously signed him for Leicester, Rogers must rate him to some degree, uh, and he was left out at the weekend of Leicester's win over Coventry City. So, mm-hmm. well, Celtic aren't going to pay over 10 million from maybe a loan deal, maybe I don't know. Um, but aye, it certainly looks like Lagerbielk is, is the guy that Celtic are, 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 yeah. are after. Um, so I guess it's a case of watch this space, really. Um, yeah, Coming up for Celtic, we obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, on Sunday, first big test of the season, um, yeah. away to Aberdeen. Yeah. Aberdeen look a lot better this season, I think, under Barry, uh, Barry Robson. I think they're going to be a, a tougher team to beat. But w- would you change anything in the team? Would you bring Hatati back in, or, or would you just go with the, the same eleven?
1: I maybe would, yeah, I maybe would bring a tatty back in. Um, it's always a, a cracking game up at um, up at Petaudry, always has been. When any team goes there, Celtic Rangers, anybody, they always make a really good game. And I think particularly Aberdeen this season, I feel are quite strong in the midfield. I think Rodgers is going to want to counteract that. It's always a very fast start to the game up at Petaudry as well. A lot of the ball going through the middle, trying to break Aberdeen down. Saw it last season, Carl McGregor getting that late goal. Um, and yep. you know one of the most testing and arduous games that the Ange Postecoglou faced as manager. So that was for sure. Um, so Rodgers is going to want his strongest eleven at the weekend. I think um, you know, other than you know, obviously Alistair Johnson being out, so you know Anthony Ralston's been been involved recently. I think it's very interesting with Greg Taylor and Alexandro Bernabe as well. I think Bernabe's finally. Beginning to to come to the fore a little bit as well, which is a good thing. But you know, with, with injuries and various other things, I think you know his his options aren't his options aren't massive. So I would expect it to be pretty much the same team. But I, I would have thought Hattati would come back in for the
0: weekend. I, I would I would like to see Hattati back in. But when I look at the team that started against Ross County, McGregor, O'Reilly, and uh, you know the aforementioned Turnbull, don't really know where where do you hmm. bring him back in because Turnbull would be raging rightly so if he was yeah. dropped. I tend to think he probably will stick with that with that um starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, maybe if he maybe takes one of Maida or, or a bad out and goes with four in midfield. I, I don't know, something like that. But I would probably bet money on it being the same starting eleven. I think it's gonna be really tough. I think right now I would take one 0 win for Celtic if, you know, if it was offered. Um and then after that, I think as well, it's worth mentioning. Uh, I think next Tuesday, I believe it is. Um First or the second round of the the via Play Cup, uh, yes. away to Comarnik, and just watching comarnock beat Rangers on Saturday, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that is going to be a really tricky encounter for
1: Celtic. Sure is. I think you know Celtic steamrolled Kilmarnock and the well, I think it was that must have been the opening game of the season or the, the second game of the season last season five right, yeah. nil. Remember, Trotter scored that um, stunner of a goal and. You know, Derek McInnes, by by all accounts, has done a lot of work in the summer to mm-hmm. get some of these some of these players in. Matty Kennedy, that's a great signing. You know, no. players like that are a fantastic signing for a club like Kelly. And they'll be bolstered by that performance against Rangers. It was gritty, you know. It wasn't, um, the, but they were they were in it. They were in it the entire ninety minutes. Cormac and I think if, if they feel they can do that against Rangers, they probably feel like they can compete against Celtic as well. So that'll be interesting. Of course, the you know the cup competitions at this point, it's just all about. You know, simple progression. You know, so if it's a if it's a drab one 0 for Celtic, they won't mind. Um, <laughs> but I think in, in terms of 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 Aberdeen, I think you know Celtic will maybe put in a bit of a per- performance at, at Petardia because the weekend was convincing, but it wasn't resounding.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to, to go back to Kelly for a moment, I thought the interesting thing about their match with Rangers is that they were so comfortable. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm not even. I'm not even trying to score points by slagging Rangers. I, I thought it was really um, quite incredible really how yeah. much Kelly deserved that win didn't have you know, a lot of chances but Rangers never never troubled him and yeah. I, I would back Celtic to win at Rugby Park but again you've got that kind of awful pitch which I, I know it's been talked about to death over the years but I just think sure. for a top, top flight league to have a pitch like that and it's pretty embarrassing to be honest that, uh, it's You know.
1: It's difficult, and I think you know. Listening to David Martindale on the Livingston side, I think he was talking about it last year, and he was talking about the finances involved for Livingston to try and you know recreate their pitch in the right way and stuff like that. And I think you know, if possible, the the, the clubs need to need to get some help from from the league or from somewhere else here, because it, it, ideally, if all twelve clubs could have the you know the same style of pitch and it wasn't you know we had no artificial surfaces, that would be fantastic. If we can get to that point, and that would be excellent. But some of the some of the clubs need help with these things. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I understand that some fans get angry because they think, oh well, actually these clubs like that because it's a trope or it's a trait. Like, oh, you come here, you can't win on on earth surface and stuff like that. But you know, in the future, I think we're going to want to all be on a level playing field, aren't we? I I just I just think,
0: and I'm not exaggerating here. You know, you watch some amateur games, some junior games, and they they've got a, an immaculate grass pitch, yeah. and it just seems bizarre almost to me that. Teams in the yeah. Premiership, I've got these monstrosities, these plastic. Sure. Like, I mean, the way the ball bounces and everything—it's just aye, it's just a, a pain. I think, yeah. um, but it definitely will work to to Kelly's advantage. Um yes. Big game, so aye, I think that'll be a tricky tie for Celtic, but I would definitely back them to to get through it. Um yeah. I definitely think Matthew. I think we've we've covered pretty much uh, everything there is to cover on this week's Record Celtic podcast. I would say. Um, for anyone listening you can find the latest Celtic transfer news features uh, and everything else on Record Sport Online uh, Matthew
1: as always it's been a pleasure thank you very much Dan and sure will see you very soon absolutely and thanks very much for listening cheers